Hey authors, welcome back to another podcast episode. My name is Daria White. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving. I know I did. But we are on part two of Save the Cat. If you listened to the previous episode, I'm going through Save the Cat beat by beat. And for those of you that are more familiar with it, then thank you so much for listening to part two. We all know that act two or even the middle part, whichever you prefer to say it, is 50% of your book. That's the majority of where your story is going to go. Of course, the beginning is important and the ending is important, but we all know what the saggy middle is and we don't want readers to get bored during that part of the book. We don't want them to feel like it's predictable. We don't want them to feel like, okay, what's going on? This author's kind of repetitive. And yes, we all still make mistakes. There's no such thing as a perfect book, but I'm going to go through act two and we've been going through Save the Cat by using the Princess Bride. So we're going to continue. Now, this is all of what uh, is included in the second act, if you will, of The Princess Bride, which, yes, I still love that movie to this day. But we left off with the debate in the first part of this episode with Save the Cat. If you want to go back and listen to part one, you can. But we left off at the debate, or which I think is the same thing as the first plot point. And with The Princess Bride, the debate is when Indigo helps the man in black to the top of the cliffs and then offers him a chance to catch his breath before they duel to the death so now we're at the b story and the b story is basically now these can kind of interchange if you will um in my particular outline that i have for my story uh you may see break into two and but in this case for the princess bride they have the b story first so the b story is no different than an introduction of a subplot or you may introduce a different character you know how sometimes we may be writing and a new character will pop up and maybe they weren't in the original outline or maybe you have your outline but you kind of have an idea for another turn for your story like a small pop plot twist it's not quite the big plot twist that you have but it's something in the meantime that kind of keeps the readers engaged so however you want to put i don't think the order here matters but in, in this case for the princess bride they have the b story so during this break indigo tells the story of his father's murder by the six-fingered man and indigo's lifelong quest for revenge this is another angle on the theme of true love what one might do once love is lost so indigo shares how and of course the book i i remember reading this in the book itself it went more into indigo's childhood and how his father was a hard worker and just the trauma that he suffered seeing his father killed so he vows to avenge his father so it doesn't go into much in the movie but you do feel that you know pain from indigo that he's still it's like that little boy on the inside of him still cries for his father so he wants to avenge his father's death and then break into two and break into two is no different than your protagonist making an active choice and in this case indigo and the man in black fight and they are evenly matched both are experts at swords so when it comes to the sword they're both equal in their talent and how much they practice the man in black finally wins but he spares indigo 
By this point, we know the man in black is actually Wesley. He's not a ruthless pilot. His goal is to save his true love. So we know just by, you know, listening at his voice, seeing his mannerisms, we can kind of guess that this man in black is Wesley. Now, when I first saw the movie, I did not know that the man in black was Wesley. So it did kind of throw me for a loop for a little bit. But then when I read the book, it did make a lot more sense to me as opposed to what happened to him and how he was able to come back so that he can find Buttercup. So next is fun and games. Fun and games is no different than just the action that's happening within your story, an exploration of the story's main plot line or a promise of the premise. You may hear it explained that way. So this is just all the action that's happening. Maybe your characters are having some adventures together. Maybe if it's a romance, your characters are having an intimate moment. Maybe it's an almost kiss, but not quite. But maybe they're sharing a a moment with each other that brings them closer together and it changes things as opposed to how they were acting when they first met at the beginning in chapter one or two. And if you guys remember my episode with um, Victorine Lee Essex, uh, I talked about her book on how to write a sweet swoon worthy romance. She talks about the levels of attraction and she puts it on a scale between one and 10. So in your romance, the attraction should be between maybe one and three at the beginning. So if we're getting close to the middle here in our midpoint, then you may want to build up the uh, attraction and the chemistry between your characters. I'm going to say maybe getting close to that five mark to where they're starting to share some things, maybe about their past. Maybe they're sharing some things in a previous relationship that hurt them, or maybe they're working together. Maybe something has pulled them together. Maybe they're working on a project or maybe they're co-workers or whatever, but have them share a moment with each other that brings them closer together. So that could be part of the fun and games in your story. So when the Princess Bride, Wesley continues on his journey. He defeats his next obstacle, the giant Fezzik, but we see Prince Humperdinck and his men have picked up on Wesley's trail and they are now in pursuit of him. Wesley next defeats Fasini, which I thought that is so funny, in a battle of wits, tricking the outlaw into drinking poison. Wesley frees Buttercup, but he doesn't reveal his identity to her right away. First, they debate whether she is loyal to her true love. She guesses his identity to be the Dread Pirate Roberts, the man responsible for Wesley's death. So when she guesses that he's the dread pirate robert she's already hating him like you're the reason why the love of my life is dead but when buttercup pushes him down a hill he says as you wish so immediately when she hears him say that she knows that it's wesley and they're reunited and wesley tells her that even death can't stop true love by this time the prince and his men catch up to them but wesley and buttercup escape into the fire swamp there they battle fiery uh, gazers quicksand and giant rodents so Y'all remember the fire swamp? If you see the movie, that was pretty gross. And in the book, uh, when she falls through the quicksand, it doesn't show this in the movie, but in the book, when he pulls her up from the quicksand, Buttercup is actually unconscious, you guys. And it's so, uh, it's such a moment of tension because Wesley's not sure what to do. So he just holds her. I mean, I don't think he thought to give her CPR or mouth to mouth, but in that moment, he just holds her. And I think if I remember correctly, he just rocked her back and forth and he brushed the sand away from her face. Now she eventually wakes up because, you know, she doesn't die. But in that moment, I thought, why did they put that in the movie? That would have been so good. But um, they did what they did. I like it anyway. Now we're at the midpoint where Buttercup and Wesley make it out only to be captured by the prince and his sadistic vizier, Count Rugen. Buttercup makes a deal with the prince. She'll tell him 
um, she'll return with him in exchange for Wesley to be released and unharmed. So remember, with this being the midpoint, this is kind of like your false high or a false or a false low for your protagonist. It may feel like things are getting good, but then they're actually not. Or it may seem like, okay, this is never, ever, ever going to happen. What is the protagonist going to do? So you can go either way. You can kind of deceive your readers, not deceive, that's maybe not the best word, but make your reader believe that, you know, everything is going great, you know, give them that false high, but then something else is going to happen in the next point or you can have it to where it may feel like okay they're not getting anywhere they keep trying nothing's working but you know something else is in the works and in this case buttercup decides to go back with prince humperdinck in exchange for wesley's life and i'll just fill this in since i read um in the book uh there's a line that they didn't put in the movie where um Wesley asks her after she basically begs for his life he says you would rather live than die with your true love and she says I'll rather live she didn't want she she wasn't ready and I guess it shows how you know she was she I guess I don't know I may have to go back and read that just to see but that's that line in the book where it just showed once again that Wesley was all in when it came to her but and even though Buttercup loved him too she still had some reservations so the prince agrees but secretly tells Rugen to lock Wesley in his torture chamber the pit of despair instead left with Rugen Wesley discovers that he has six fingers he is Indigo's father's killer so that's how we figure that part out next is the bad guys close in and this can be your forces of antagonism drawing closer, the escalation of the stakes. And, and in regards to the Princess Bride, Wesley awakes chained to a table and he learns that he'll be tortured and killed. Buttercup is at the palace. She's despondent, facing marriage to, to Prince Humperdinck. Her nightmares um, are starting to reoccur even more. She's being booed for having, give, for having given up on her true love. She tells the prince that if she is to marry him, she'll kill herself. He proposes a deal. He'll send four letters out by ship in search of Wesley. But if Wesley doesn't return for her, Buttercup will marry the prince. So Buttercup agrees. She says, fine. However, we learn that his real plan is to start a war, like we talked about before, of the neighborhood, with the neighborhood country of Gilder by killing Buttercup and framing Gilder for her death. The prince had been behind again buttercups kidnapping all along so he doesn't really care about her this is all to start a war the prince tells his chief enforcer of the rumored plot to kill his bride ordering that the forest of thieves be cleared all of criminals before their wedding day as the brute squad clears out of the forest fezzik and indigo are reunited indigo is in bad shape but fezzik nurses him back to health and tells indigo about rugen still bent on revenge indigo decides that they need the man in black's help to get inside the castle so again the antagonistic forces are closing in and the stakes are being raised so whatever you got to do make sure that you're adding tension there so and a couple more here before we close this out all is lost and all is lost can be another way of your protagonist reaching their lowest point and it seems like there is no hope to go forward this can be what i would call your second plot point so in the Princess Bride is the night before the wedding and Buttercup realizes that the prince has never sent the letters. She berates him and he angrily imprisons Buttercup in her chambers and tortures Wesley with fervor. So when she says, 
you know, you lied and you're, I think she said, you're the slimiest wink link ever to crawl the earth. And he just goes off. Prince Upperdink goes off and he is set on getting rid of Wesley once and for all. So I think that could be your second plot point where it just feels like it's not quite your crisis, I want to say. I think that'll be more in the next one, Dark Knight of the Soul. Dark Knight of the Soul is protagonist finds new hope, makes a new plan, and decides to go forward. Because your crisis is really um, your character is faced with a decision. What are they going to do? Are they going to, you know, make that big, big change? Because this is what your story has been building up to. This is the height of everything. I remember listening to a video on this. You know, as much as you want to add tension to your other scenes it can't overshadow or overpower your crisis scene. Your crisis scene has what your book has been building up to. So make sure that everything that you've written builds up to this big, 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 big crisis and your character has to face this big, huge decision. They're either gonna move forward and face their fear, face their wound, face their past, or are they going to back or or are they going to go back to the way things were? So and that also depends on if this is a positive change or a negative change. But Dark Knight of the Soul for the Princess Bride, Indigo and Fezzik follow the cries of anguish through the forest. They find Wesley's body and they bring him to a folk healer, Miracle Max, who I thought was hilarious. Max discovers that Wesley is only mostly dead due to being sustained by his love for Buttercup and they give him a cure in order to revive him. So all of this is building up to this uh, crisis because you feel like, okay, Wesley's dead. There's no way that he'll be able to have Buttercup in his life. What's going to happen? So that's a pretty big deal because that's really the worst thing that could happen to Buttercup. I remember listening uh, in the romance uh, conference online that I um, signed up for, and the question was asked, what's the worst thing that can happen to your character? We've talked about that before. And whatever that worst thing is, just go ahead and do it. What's going to catch your character off guard? What's going to throw your reader off completely? So in the Princess Bride case, the whole point of this is for Buttercup and Wesley to be together. So if Wesley dies, then that's the ultimate low for Buttercup. So the writer throws that in there to see like, okay, this is absolute worst case scenario. Wesley dies. So... All of that is part two (laughs) of basically, I think, The Princess Bride of how it's broken up into these different beats. So we'll close it out on the next episode of how everything comes together with Act Three. So thank you guys so much for listening. You can check this out, savethecat.com. They have different beat sheets. This one in particular is for The Princess Bride. They have plenty of others if you want to read through different uh, manuscripts or even different movie uh, screenplays. If you want to check that out, it's savethecat.com. You guys have an awesome rest of your day. And remember, if you wrote a book, it is already unique because you wrote it and no one can write a book like you. God bless and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.